Om Sai Ram A warm welcome to all the devotees Today in this chapter number 49 we are going to listen to the stories of devotees namely Hari Kanhoba Sri Somdev Swami and Sri Nana Saheb Chandurkar The author Sri Govind Raghunath Dabolkar alias Hemadpant has really poured his heart out to us to avail us such nectar of devotion for which there is no other match in this world or in the next before we begin i prostrate unto the lotus feet of lord ganesha the lord of wisdom and goddess saraswati the goddess of knowledge i bow in reverence unto the lotus feet of my kuladevata bhavani shankar sri nagesh maharudra and goddess mahalakshmi devi my maternal deities sri devki krishna ravanath sri ramnath and goddess sateri i pay my respects to my sadguru Sri Sainath Maharaj of Shirdi my parents and my grandparents last but not the least i bow down to you all my listeners so let us begin now in this chapter number 49 the author narrates the stories of Hari Kanubha Somdev Swami and Nana Saheb Chandurkar preliminary the vedas and puranas cannot sufficiently praise brahma or sadguru then how can we who are ignorant describe our sadguru shri sai baba we think that it is better for us to keep quiet in this matter in reality the observance of the vow of silence is the best way of praising the sadguru but the good qualities of sai baba makes us forget our vows of silence and inspires us to open our mouth good dishes taste flat if there be no company of friends and relations to partake of the dishes with us but when they join us the dishes acquire additional flavor and the same is the case with sai lilamrit the nectar in the form of sai baba's leelas this nectar we cannot partake alone friends and brothers have to join us the more the better It is Sai Baba himself that inspires these stories and gets them written as he desires. Our duty is to surrender completely to him and meditate unto him. Practicing penance is better than pilgrimage, vow, sacrifice and charity. Worshiping Hari or Lord is better than penance and meditation on Sadguru is the best of all. And we therefore uh we have to chant uh sai baba's name by mouth think over his sayings in our mind and meditate on his form feel real love for him in our heart and do all our actions for his sake there is no better means than this for snapping the bondage of sansar if we can do our duty on our part as stated above sai is bound to help us and liberate us now we revert to the stories of this chapter Let's move on to the first story of Mr Hari Kanhoba. A gentleman of Bombay named Hari Kanhoba heard from his friends and relations many leelas of Baba. He did not believe in them as he was doubting Thomas. He wanted to test Baba himself and so he came to Shirdi with some Bombay friends. He wore a lace bordered turban on his head and a new pair of sandals on his feet. Seeing Baba from a distance he thought of going to him and prostrating himself before him he did not know what to do with his new sandals 
Still going to some corner outside the open courtyard, he placed them there and went to the masjid and he took Baba's darshan. He made a reverential bow to Baba, took Udi and Prasad from Baba and he returned. When he returned to the corner, he found that his sandals had disappeared. He searched for them in vain and returned to his lodging very much dejected. He took a bath, offered worship and nevedya and sat for meals. But all the while, he was thinking about nothing but his sandals. After all, they were new sandals. After finishing his meals, he came out to wash his hands when he saw a Maratha boy coming towards him. He had in his hand a stick and on top of which was suspended a pair of new sandals. He said to the men who had, came, who had come out to wash their hands that Baba sent him with the stick in the hand and asked him to go on the streets, crying, Hari ka beta, zari ka feta, and told him that if anybody claims these sandals, first assure yourself that his name is Hari and that he is the son of Ka, that is Kanhova, and that is he wears a lace-bordered turban and then give him uh, these pair of sandals. Hearing this, Hari Kanhova was pleasantly surprised. He went ahead to the boy and claimed the sandals as his own. He said to the boy that his name was Hari and that he was the son of Ka, that is Kanhoba, and then he showed him his lace-bordered turban. The boy was satisfied and he returned the sandals to him. Hari Kanhoba wondered in his mind, saying that his lace-bordered turban was visible to all and Baba might have also seen it, but how could he know his name as Hari and that he was the son of Kanhoba? As this was his first trip to Shirdi, he came there with the sole object of testing Baba and with no other motive. He came to know by this incident that Baba was a great Satpurush. He got what he wanted and he returned home well pleased. After hearing this beautiful story, let us move on to the next story of Somdev Swami. Somdev Swami also came to Shirdi only to try Baba. Bhaiji, brother of Kakasaheb Dikshit, was staying at Nagpur. When he had gone to Himalayas in 1906, he made an acquaintance with one Somdev Swami of Haridwar at Uttarkashi down the Gangotri Valley. Both took down each other's names in their diaries. Five years afterwards, Somdev Swami came to Nagpur and was Bhaiji's guest. There, he was pleased to hear the Leelas of Baba and a strong desire arose in his mind to go to Shirdi and see him. He got a letter of introduction from Bhaiji and he left for Shirdi. After passing Manmad and Kopargaon, he took a tanga and drove to Shirdi. As he came near Shirdi, he saw two high flags floating over the masjid in Shirdi. Generally, we find different ways of behavior different modes of living and different outward, outward paraphernalia with different saints. But these outward signs should never be our standards to judge the worth of the saints. But with Somdev Swami, it was different. As soon as he saw the flags flying, he thought, why should I, a saint take a liking for these flags? Does this denote sainthood? It implies that the saints hankering after fame. 
thinking thus he wished to cancel the chiridi trip and said to his fellow travelers that he would go back they said to him then why did you come so long if your mind gets restless by the sight of the flags how much more agitated you would be on seeing in chiridi the rath or car the palanquin palki the horse and all other paraphernalia the swami got more confounded and said not a few such sadhus with horses palanquins and tumtums have i seen and it is better for me to return than see such sadhus saying this he started to return the fellow travelers pressed him not to do so but to proceed they asked him to stop his crooked way of thinking and told him that the sadhu that is baba did not care a bit for the flags and other paraphernalia nor for any fame it was the people his devotees that kept up all this paraphernalia out of love and devotion to him finally he was persuaded persuaded to continue his journey and to go to shirdi and see baba when he went and saw baba from the courtyard he was melted inside his heart eyes were full of tears his throat was choked and all his evil and crooked thoughts vanished he remembered his guru's saying that that is our abode and place of rest where the mind is most pleased and charmed he wished to roll himself in the dust of baba's feet and when he approached baba the latter got wild and cried out loud let all our humbug paraphernalia be with us you go back to your home be where if you come back to this masjid why take the darshan of one who flies a flag over his masjid is this a sign of sainthood remain here not a moment the swami was taken aback by surprise he realized that baba read his heart and he spoke it out how omniscient he was he knew that he was least intelligent and that baba was noble and pure he saw baba embarrassing somebody touching someone with his hand comforting others staring kindly at home laughing at others giving udhi prasad to some and thus pleasing and satisfying everyone why should he alone be dealt with so harshly thinking seriously he came to realize that baba's conduct responded exactly to his inner thought and that he should take a lesson from this and improve and that baba's breath was a blessing in disguise it is needless to say that later on his faith in baba was confirmed and he became a staunch devotee of baba we now shall move on to the next story of mr nanasaheb chandorkar emar pant concludes this chapter with a story of nanasaheb chandorkar when nanasaheb was once sitting in masjid with mansapati and others a muslim gentleman from bijapur came with his family to see baba seeing gosha veiled ladies with him nanasaheb wanted to go away but baba prevented him from doing so the ladies came and took darshan of baba when one of the ladies removed her veil in saluting baba's feet and then resumed it again nanasaheb who saw her face was so much smitten with her rare beauty that he wished to see her face again knowing nana's restlessness of mind baba spoke to him after the lady had left the place as follows nana why are you getting agitated in vain 
let the senses do the resorted work or duty. We should not meddle with their work. God has created this beautiful world and it is our duty to appreciate its beauty. The mind will get steady and calm slowly and gradually. When the front door was open, why go back by one? When the heart is pure, there is no difficulty whatsoever. Why should one be afraid of anyone if there is no evil thought in us? The eyes may do their work. Why should you feel shy and tottering? Shama was there and he could not follow the meaning of what Baba said. So he asked Nana about this on their way home. Nana told him about his restlessness at the sight of the beautiful lady and how Baba knew it and advised him about it. Nana explained Baba's meaning as follows. That our mind is fickle by nature. It should not be allowed to get wild. The sense may get restless. The body, however, should be held in check and not allowed to be impatient. Senses run after the objects, but we should not follow them and crave for their objects. By slow and gradual practice, restlessness can be conquered. We should not be swayed by the senses, but they cannot be completely controlled also. We should curb them rightly and properly according to the need of the occasion. Beauty is the subject of sight. We should fearlessly look at the beauty of objects. There is no room for shyness or fear. Only, we should never entertain evil thoughts. Making the mind desireless, observe God's works of beauty. In this way, the senses will be easy and naturally controlled and even in enjoying objects will be reminded of God. If the outer senses are not held in check and if the mind be allowed to run after the objects and be attached to them, our cycle of birth and death will not come to an end. Objects of sense are things harmful with vivek or discrimination as our charioteer. We will control the mind and we will not allow the senses to go astray. With such a charioteer, we will reach Vishnupad, the final abode, our real home from which there is no return. With this, we come to an end of this beautiful chapter. Bo to Shri Sai, peace be to all. Om Sairam.